Ciao, Hyper Change. Coming at you with another episode of the weekly podcast. I'm so hyped. Today we got some epic stuff to cover. Uh, we're going to start with Tesla AI Day. I mean, what? We've, we've been hearing rumors about this. It was supposed to happen in July. Tesla holds these unbelievable events to tell us about all the new crazy technology they're working on. Um, there was Autonomy Day a couple years ago, which I went to. We, we drove in the self-driving Tesla um, and saw this sort of preview of the Tesla network app um, years ahead of its time. Then we saw Battery Day. Tesla unveiled the 4680 battery cell. Uh, they're and basically announced their Battery Skunk Works division. Now, the next sort of big Tesla investor day, Tesla AI day is set to happen on August 19th. It's been confirmed on Twitter by Elon Musk. We've all been waiting for this. Um, and, the, and he's apparently, the purpose of this event is for recruiting the best AI talent in the entire world, of course. That's Elon's, well, Elon's always scheming on. This is why I love Elon. He's the GOAT, he's not even a CEO. The dude's an engineer. Um, he's trying to have the best engineers and talent come work for him. That's why they're gonna get people hyped and show the world what they've been up to. And we are lucky enough to get the seat at what they're gonna show the recruits and the engineers they wanna hire. We get a front seat to see what Tesla is scheming on with their AI division and component. You think of Tesla as this electric car company, they are so much more than that. Tesla is a company, they do robotics, they do green energy, they do batteries. They're truly this next level technology company. On They're like, like when Elon says they're 15 or 12 startups in one, that's exactly how to think about Tesla. I would say they're like 15 startups in one. And one of that is just the most cutting edge AI company in the world. And um, it, it's, and okay, so what is Tesla AI Day? What are they gonna cover? The first part is full self-driving beta. How do cars drive themselves? This is the, the one, I would say the largest real world artificial intelligence problem that's being solved at scale that Tesla's working on. Um, besides like the only other AI that we actually interact with a lot in our daily lives, like YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, you know, social media telling us what content to consume, which is kind of a whack AI. The AI is manipulating us to be on our phones, to get us to pay attention, to make you watch more hyper change. Um, you know, that kind of sucks. That's not a good use of AI, I would say. I mean, maybe you gotta watch some cool stuff and find some cool creators, but I don't know, that does get me hyped. But Tesla is building the AI for cars to drive themselves. This is a way more ambitious, way doper, way more, um, in some ways I'd say impactful AI for the world to have. And so Tesla, you know, we drive right now with two eyes. Um, and actually my mom was recently telling me this, like our eyes are actually like part of our brain. So like the only exposed part of our brain, like this is how we perceive the world. Like so much of how I move and interact and decide what to do comes through my eyes. And so. Tesla, with their Tesla Vision AI, which is really the first part of their AI, is building the eyes for how they see, um, how robots see the world. And this is such a big idea, and they're solving it for driving, right? So Tesla has eight cameras around the car, essentially eight eyes, um, that are telling the brain of the car what to think, what to do, how to interpret the world around it, literally like giving it a sense of like, you know, awareness, you know? It's almost like, you know, when does, and this is actually kind of a weird AI theory I have that like, we're sort of, you know, we have a lot of uh, pride as humans thinking that, you know, we have consciousness and that's so special and we're this incredible thing. And I'm like, what if anything that is large enough of like a neural network has consciousness? And then like, you know, you think about the Tesla AI getting all these inputs, you know, could it, what is the consciousness or AI? I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked with this whole idea that robots can perceive the world and be aware of where they are and their, with their surroundings with this technology is so powerful. And yes, it's worth trillions of dollars if you can solve this for driving, but there's so much beyond that. And so, well, first of all, let's just start with driving. Driving is super inefficient. We have traffic, it's super unsafe. It's the most likely way to die. If you're someone that's my age, this actually like is, hits home super hard for me because one of my friends passed away from a drunk driver, Marco, RIP, like honestly, just like so sad. And like, just like, I can't even tell you how many people's lives that impacted. It's so tragic and like, it just fucked up. And 
and nobody gives a shit. And like Tesla's actually trying to solve this problem that affects so many people, that causes so much pain and grief that you can't even quantify and that nobody's fixing. And that just like, Tesla's about to solve this. Like we should all be cheering for this. It's so, there's just such a powerful emotional component here for the human experience that I think like so many families, we could save so much grief for so many families with this technology that like, that's just super inspiring to me. And not to mention the healthcare costs that that saves for the world, for taxpayers. The like, it's just, this is, it's, we're gonna look back at humans driving. It was so safe, unsafe, it was so ridiculous. There was so much air filled with it. It was like a crazy wild west time. And so Tesla's gonna put that air to rest with the self-driving car. It's gonna be one of the greatest in inventions of the century. Um, yeah, it might take them another five years to actually bring this technology to the masses, but who gives a shit? Otherwise, it would have probably taken 50 years. And so you have to put that in context and realize the scope of what Tesla's doing, what they're announcing. This is why, what I, you know, what am I doing right now with my life? I'm filming this video about Tesla's AI day because I think it's so important and so exciting. I think everyone should be paying attention to it. And so the, the scope of what they're gonna do to solve driving is just mind boggling to me. And it's gonna unlock so much value. It's gonna make it easier to get around, cheaper to get around, faster to get around. You know, it's just gonna reduce friction on every single thing that humans do, transportation. I mean, what about seeing the, the people that you like? What about hanging with your homies? What about going to the, this this place because you wanna experience this thing? There's always friction to get there. Traffic, Uber, how do I get there? It's too far, it's gonna take too long, it's gonna cost too much. I'm polluting while I do it. Tesla's gonna solve all of that and it's gonna impact all of our lives in so many ways. Like this is a really, really big deal. And so I, as, as, a, as, a, as a human on earth, you should be stoked. You should be out of control stoked that this technology is happening and the development is coming. And so I, I'm like, I don't know, I think it's incredible. And I, I'm actually getting major FOMO right now because um, I'm in Italy and I'm, you know, I gotta go to a family wedding, you know, COVID's over, we gotta do that, right? So, and I'm, I love it, I'm, I'm hyped, I can't, you know, you should all spend more time with your family, I think it's like awesome. Um, but, I'm, but I'm also like, damn, like I'm not with my Tesla, my baby, the hyper shit, they're getting new FSD updates, like I'm not on the front line seeing this, like it's just been such an incredible experience to watch this FSD and Tesla AI get better. Um, and so, yeah, I just think this is, what Tesla's doing, like we're literally at the front lines of like the coolest science fiction project in the world. And I, I just get so excited about it every time I think about it. And um, Tesla AI Day is gonna sort of, you know, take the mask off, show us the brain of what is happening under the hood of how this all is gonna go down. And I just think it's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be literally like a historical moment for the industry. This is gonna be history in the making that we are watching. Um, it's very profound. And I think the importance of Tesla's AI day and what FSD beta is and this moment will only grow. Like people don't realize, like the, the, the zeitgeist of humanity doesn't think this is important now, but over time that will just ex exponentially increase. And we will just put more and more emphasis on how important this moment was for the development of humanity. Maybe in an incredible way to start with Tesla FSD solving all these challenges I just mentioned, but then maybe in a very weird dystopian way, when you think about how this technology of robots having vision that perceives the world evolves. Like what, you know, where is this gonna go from here? Um, I, you know, I was tweeting at Elon kind of trolling him, but like what go happens after the car? And to me, that's, I'm really curious about the hints of like, once you build the technology for robots to have eyes and to perceive the world, you know, do we have, to me, this is the biggest challenge for humanoid robots. Um, why doesn't we, why don't we have those crazy Boston Dynamics robots rocking around doing stuff? Well, they're easy to jump around and code. You know, it's kind of like the Waymo. It's like in a certain box, in a set of confinements, this will be dope, but you kind of need a human. It's not actually really practical. But the second that robot can see and can perceive the world around him and can know how to move, how to jump, where you are, can jump over, you can shoot you, whatever, right? Like, 
that's gonna be the unlock for how those robots have value and utility. And so you think about the sort of biggest unlock technology to how this robot future unfolds, Tesla's gonna have it. And so to me, I mean, the monetization potential of that is out of control, but I just get, I just can't stop thinking about what products is this gonna be in after the car, right? And so that's one thing that's super exciting is robots can see the world, every robot's gonna need to see the world, Tesla's gonna build, is building the technology for that, game changer. The other side of this is Dojo, this crazy computer that Tesla's running to have all this data, billions of miles of data. Like, you got idiots like me driving on FSD, right? Like testing all these crazy scenarios. How do you turn the, that testing into actual progress? That is what's complicated, that is what's hard. It's easy to be like, oh, more data is gonna make the AI better. We just need more, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Yes, that's true, data is the new oil. You know, it's that, I hate that analogy, but you know, ele electrons the new oil, right? It's the electric, yeah. And so, but it's this idea of the compute stack, right? Like, how do you, how do you run computation of all of this data and process it accurately? And that's what Tesla's sort of cracked the code on and built the world's fifth most powerful supercomputer to have this unbelievable um, technology to process all this data. So now that they have this supercomputer, can they build more of them? Can they allow other companies to rent them out to train their neural net sort of data sets? Like AWS, which is the most profitable, dopest part of Amazon's business, Tesla's building like the 2.0 version for that in some ways by Dojo. And so you think about, oh my God, I already got, I'm already too excited on FSD. Then you got the Ex Machina robots. Now we also got this like back end server business that's savage. I mean, this Tesla AI day is like, the, the monetization potential is insane. And so I think, will Tesla announce a sort of program of how to license out Dojo, of how to give that to other companies? I don't know, that could be something that I'll be looking for on AI day as well. So, um, and we know Elon Musk, you know, beyond that, like, Elon Musk has a very weird dystopian vision for AI. The AI will get so much better or smarter than us so quickly that we're gonna be like a house cat. We're gonna be like, you know, I love my cat Juju, but like, she's not scheming, let's be honest, you know? And so the AI, will it keep us alive because it likes us? Like, I like my cat, I don't know. But Elon's theory is like, we have a chance to stay along with the cat, um, or sorry, stay along with the AI by having, a, you know, the chip in our brain, the Neuralink, we can like evolve like symbiotically with technology, with the metaverse, and sort of become this next species, that's the next evolution of humans, is we sort of become partially machines and have this AI embedded within us, which is crazy and creepy and weird, but that's the future that Elon's building with Neuralink. So I wonder how much of that sort of weird dystopian vision will tie in, you know? Neuralink and Tesla sort of merging, like your Neuralink is gonna, you know, be telling your Tesla what to do. I want my, you know, let me get my car here. Bam, I just thought that my Tesla drives itself up to me. Now I get in, now I go, you know? So I'm very curious, um, I don't know, I feel like less so than autonomy day and battery day, like battery day, like we had in the bag, the hyper changes, we all knew it was gonna happen, but AI day, I don't, I have no idea. Like, I feel like, you know, part of me is like, is it just gonna be like super duper nerdy about like how they're getting the FSD to work, which would be dope and super exciting, but like, you know, I don't know, I get excited about like, you know, the crazy sci-fi future, right? So I wonder how much of that sneak preview we'll get, but really the goal of this is recruiting. And I want to come back to that because I think when you think about these technologies, why is Tesla the best in the world at this? Why is Tesla going to pull this off when no one else will? They have the best engineers. Companies are just people, just a group of schemers. Andre Karpathy, who is um, the Tesla AI uh, director, he's like this guy who they poached from Stanford, who's teaching at Stanford. Um, I actually saw, this is like a funny side story, I saw Andre Karpathy at the Neuralink event like a couple years ago. And of course I go up to him like, and he's like looking at the robots, like, because they after the Neuralink show, like they have all the robots on display, right? So I'm like going around looking at all the robots, taking my videos, um, like so hyped, right? And I'm like, oh my God, that's Andre Karpathy. Like, what am I gonna say? Like, I gotta, I gotta go up and say something, right? So I'm like, I'm like, I got, oh my God, I got the perfect joke. 
I go up to him, I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> looking at the neuron, I'm like, dude, can't believe, I'm like, oh, you're Andre Carpathi, like, golly, nice to meet you, or whatever, right? And I'm like, bro, can't believe they didn't show you the Neuralink stuff ahead of time. Like, you're just seeing this when I'm seeing this, like, kind of trolling him, like, damn, bro, like, you didn't know about the Neuralink computer? Like, thought you were the AI guy at Tesla. Like, I thought you'd be in on it. Like, he did not think it was funny. So I don't know if he remembers that or not, but I thought it was even funnier in retrospect um, that I failed that joke with him. And so, anyway, side story. But um, Andre Karpathy, the dude's a genius. The dude's such a legendary visionary. Um, and the way that Elon gets people like him to work and gets allows them to sort of have autonomy, build their own team, do their own thing. I mean, this idea that you could just use vision to drive a car was such a crazy weird idea. Um, but Elon and Andre Karpathy were sort of the early pioneers of this idea, which will go down and be looked at as like this incredible technological decision um, that they made. And so um, to me, it's a lot of Andre Karpathy, we're going to see a lot of him. Um, my guess is at AI Day and, and you think about Tesla, it's not just Elon, it's the team behind him. And Andre is such a big part of that. Okay, now we got to switch gears to Tesla earnings. Honestly, I'm like, damn, everything seems so boring after talking about Tesla AI Day, right? Like, gosh, that there's no way the episode can get not go downhill from here. But um, and I was thinking like, well, Tesla earnings, right? Okay, Tesla earnings, I've already made a bunch of content about it. it. Tesla, savagely profitable, Model Y, unbelievable profit margins. What does this really result in? To me, Tesla's becoming the new Apple. Tesla is the new Apple. Tesla is, is this incredible tech product that's changing people's lives, that makes us look almost boring because it's so dope that it's so much better than competition that everybody has one. You drive anywhere on the West Coast, like my Tesla's not even dope anymore because everybody has a freaking Model Y. I'm like, oh man, lame. Like, <laughs> but, um, beyond that the product side of it and the design and, and Elon being the Steve Jobs-esque figure, um, Tesla is the financial behemoth of the next generation, you know? And that's why I think of the next Apple. They were this hardware product. They were vertically integrated. They have this sort of walled garden, which I know that Tesla doesn't want to have, but so far they do have. And they're able to create this entirely beautiful customer experience from end to end. They own every touch point. They have the Tesla stores. It was actually designed by George Blankenship, who they swooped from Apple. So, and now what we're seeing is as they mature to profitability, their profit margins are going up because of their vertical integration, because of all their tech, because of economies of scale, and they're layering more and more software into it. So Tesla, Apple, we saw, you know, 40% gross margins, like 20% operating margins, just a massive cash flow machine. One of the most profitable companies of all time. The iPhone is like the most profitable product ever, right? Like to me, the Model Y and then the Model 2 or Model Compact car that Tesla's going to drop will be like the most profitable car of like all time, most profitable program. Like it's just going to have going to be cheap for you but tesla's going to be making a wallop just bank off this product and so i think that's a next level theory and so in the long run i think tesla is going to be able to achieve very similar structural margins to apple and especially as you layer in full self-driving software services all these applications that are going to happen on your car and so um in the long run i think we're literally watching sort of tesla become apple 2.0 um and that's kind of the vibe i got from this quarter Next piece of news, Redwood Materials, the company founded by J.B. Straubel, Tesla co-founder, still was still trying to get the word on was there beef between Elon and J.B. Straubel. I feel like I shouldn't even say that. I don't think there was beef, but like just interesting that this whole new recycling company started by the CTO of Tesla has been spun out as its own thing. It was getting big guap from Amazon. They just announced a $700 million funding round by a bunch of like kind of boring investors led by like T. Rowe Price. Um, but yeah, $700 million investment round for Redwood Materials that's valuing them at $3.7 billion, um, which is pretty epic, right? And so $3.7 billion um, for Redwood Materials. Sorry, my lighting, the lighting is not great here. I know that. I'm trying to make it better. Trust me, I tried like a gazillion ways to set this up, but I know that. Anyway, so Redwood Materials, they're going to go from 100 employees to 500 employees. 
that's insane expansion. Um, they're expanding in this new site from 100,000, 150,000 square feet facility, additional 400,000 square feet. Apparently, it's not just for batteries, but are for car batteries, but also now you can send in your smartphone. So everything that has like a chip, like all of our electronics, like think about how many electronics we have, think about how much value is in all this crazy stuff, right? Like, like I don't know, there's so much value. So now you're gonna be able to ship all this stuff into Redwood and they're gonna recycle it. And so I think that is a crazy vision that I didn't think of. It's not just about recycling car batteries, like recycling everything, or at least starting with these high value electronics. But the more and more I thought about that and just this idea that like, the way we use resources today is kind of like really not ideal. Like we use stuff, we throw it away. This idea that we should recycle more is so powerful. It's such a big idea. Um, so I don't know, Redwood Materials, booming. And it's still kind of secretive what they're up to, who their big partnerships are, what they're really scheming with the long-term sort of business model and truly, you know, scope of what they're building is. But I think Redwood Materials, you got to keep this on the radar and they're raising 700 million. I mean, it's no doubt. They're founded by JB Straubel. They got all this momentum. Like everybody's desperate to fund them. I've actually been trying to hit them up to try and talk to them and get an interview or just see what's up with them with no luck because I guess they're too cool for me. But yeah, I think Redwood Materials is up to something really interesting. This is like one of the most coolest private companies that I'm watching and to see him scale this quickly, like they just did a $40 million funding round. Then they raised some guap from Amazon. Now they're doing this other big deal. Um, epic, epic moves, big stuff coming from Redwood Materials. Speaking of other EV startups, um, Rivian. <clears throat> okay, Rivian, like we know Rivian. Um, they want to IPO for a $70 billion valuation. That's what the rumors are, despite only having delivered a handful of those Amazon vans. And they just delayed their R1S and R1T till September. Um, I gave you in the last hyper scene the gossip about their charging network they're working on, not going to be as good as Tesla's. Um, I don't know. Rivian just raised $2.5 billion more. They raised at over $10 billion now. Like, it's just blowing my mind to see the amount of capital flowing in the EV space. But I do think, as much as I kind of hate on Rivian or kind of have a critical eye, because I'm like, all right, let's wait and see. Like, I'm a critic. Like, like, and I know I, I'm such a big fan of the EV revolution. We're going green, we're going everything. Like, I, I just think that's so important. The reason why I love Tesla more than everyone else is because the mission. Tesla was started to change the world and is changing the world. Rivian was starting to build a gas pickup and then they realized electric pickups were the future and they could make more money, so they did that. And now they're leaning into the climate side of it. They weren't started to change the world. RJ Scaringe was not passionate about, about changing the way the energy system worked. And that's what drove them to start the company. There wasn't that level of give a shit factor. There wasn't that corporate ethos from their core. So that's a little bit less respect for me. And then you look at a company like Lucid, like they're funded by the Saudis. I mean, I don't know, you know, and the, the Saudis are really running the company. So it's like, do they have the right ethos? I don't know. Anyway, the point is um, Tesla to me, when you support them, you're supporting something much bigger than the vehicle. And so I hope that Rivian does that as well. But I also think Rivian's like, um, but even though all that said, I think Rivian has, from what I've heard, some of the best technology um, other than Tesla. I mean, they're like Tesla, but like seven years ago, like they're buying off the shelf batteries, they're trying to sell them, they're trying to optimize. They just switched their battery supplier from um, LG to Samsung about a year ago. That was a big reason for the delay. <sighs> big little scoop there, right? And so I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm gonna, I'll put it, I'll correct it if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the, the switch that was made there. And so um, they switched their battery cell makers but they're basically doing what Tesla was, you know, assembling this, this battery pack, assembling the car. They have way more money though. And actually that's why they're moving faster or not moving faster, but that's why they're moving so fast. They're already expanding apparently into a second manufacturing facility. It's like, bro, you haven't even got the first one off the ground. You're trying to build another factory, like figure out the first one first, get all your fuck ups out of the way with that production ramp like Tesla did, then build your new factory. That's what I'd be doing, but they have too much capital. They got to move quickly. This is a microcosm for why, in my opinion, Rivian may fail or their biggest risk is they have too much money. Rivian 
engineering departments are siloed. They have too many engineers, they're not working together. Everyone thinks that they gotta come up with an, a reason why things are wrong. So that's why they, you know, oh, I gotta raise my hand in the meeting because my job is that I engineer this tiny little part. And if I don't have a big thing to say about my tiny little part that I engineered, then I'm not gonna be important. So anyway, <laughs> kind of a joke there, but I think it's a, uh, like, I see Rivian being a little bit too, oh, man, I'm gonna get in trouble. This is why Rivian stopped hitting me up, honestly, because I was too, oh man, I, I, am I being mean? Let me know in the comments. But I think Rivian's a little too fat and lazy. Like, I think Rivian needs a G-check. The best thing that can happen to Rivian is they IPO for 70 billion, they raise a shitload of money, then they have a massive delay, they ship their cars, they insure them themselves, there's a massive recall that they have to pay for, it hurts them financially, they have to lay off a bunch of people, um, and they just get a G-check to streamline their operations, to rethink their engineering, to start thinking from first principles, to get hungry, to get scrappy. Like Rivian's never had to be hungry or scrappy. That to me is a huge weakness. Tesla is so strong now and so profitable because they almost died so many times. They were lean to the bone. They were just lean to the bones, just all muscle when you think of Tesla. Rivian is fat and lazy and dawdling and moving slow. But that's just relative to Tesla. Relative to everyone else, GM, Ford, Lucid even, Rivian's crushing it, amazing company. But I do think that there's inherent risk in that they've raised a little bit too much capital and that that could hurt them. So um, that, that'll manifest in weird ways. In, and then you have so many expectations when you're going public at 70 billion. I mean, man, that's a lot of hype. But I think they actually will hit that valuation because I think the markets are dumb enough to give it to them or kind of just see that EVs are that big of a trend and, and will do it and there's that, that much of an appetite for it. So um, I think that's way too rich. I would not buy Rivian at 70 billion because I think there's so many risks for minimal upside and then it's like dog like what's good with autonomy rivian are you going to have a self-driving car before tesla does no chance are you going to come up with a self-driving car relatively shortly after tesla does no chance like how are you going to be able to compete when your car doesn't drive itself when it has less range when the software is not as good there's not as many apps it doesn't charge as fast um how are you like like i have a Cybertruck on reservation i'm not for a second switching to a rivian like there's no chance like I mean, that's because I'm an Elon Tesla fanboy, I guess, OG, but it's just because like, well, I'm going to buy the Cybertruck. That's going to fund future green tech innovations. It looks like it's from the future. It's not looking like a knockoff of a normal Ford truck that just has a cuter like front. You know, I think that's, I think the Rivian's going to look, I mean, it, the Rivian is cool on some levels, but, um, and they actually, actually my favorite Rivian thing is like, they have this like flashlight feature, which I made a video about, like you press a button and like this flashlight pops up, which is powered by one of the same battery cells that's in the battery. I don't know if that's the new or old battery, but I thought that was like a cool little quirky feature. Like I do give Rivian props for having the electric adventure vehicle, like finding their own niche, not just trying to copy Tesla, like being like, we're gonna electrify a different part of the industry, a different segment and do it in our own way and have our own vision and own brand. Um, and I think that was super cool. So, the, uh, speaking of epic electrifying startups, um, this is a company I've been working with. I need to give them an epic shout out right now, Lightship. Um, this is a, 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 a pre-seed investment that I made, Hyperwap invested in them. We're just announcing that now, celebrating. Anyway, um, I love Lightship. This is like, to me, such a cool little company. They're trying to electrify the RV and it's a bunch of ex-Tesla engineers, part of the little Tesla battery mafia. Um, and I met this guy called Ben, Ben Parker. He's the CEO and founder. Um, and he's like, dude, and he's like, my, he's like 27. He's about to start this company, boss. And so he's like, bro, like RVing has not been electrified. Nobody's doing it. And he's pitching me this. I'm like sitting there at the table. And he started out building like this battery for food trucks to help food trucks go green. That wasn't a big enough market, switched to RVs. And I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, oh my God, dude, like I love camping in my Tesla. This is like my favorite thing. And like, 
RVing is a huge, huge industry that hasn't been disrupted. Nobody's changing it. It's and and what do you do when you have an RV? You drive a fossil fuel thing to go enjoy nature, like and pollute nature while you're trying to enjoy it. Like, bro, this is so whack. Like, I just think that's not the future. That's not what that's why our generation doesn't RV because it sucks. That's why, like, I love my electric boat startup and pure watercraft. Nobody's taking boats because they are a pain in the ass to maintain. They pollute the, the, the water. Like, it's just like our generation doesn't want to support that. So, if you can build the product that we feel good about, you know, experiencing the environment with, I think that's such a huge sort of angle to expanding adoption, expanding those industries. So even though the RV industry is huge, I think it's actually sh way smaller than it should be because it's not electric and because our generation isn't feeling it. Lightship could change all of that by electrifying the RV, building this crazy new super aerodynamic thing that's meant to go with your electric pickup truck with my cyber truck. Like you see me in 2027, I'm whipping my cyber truck. Actually, my cyber truck's whipping me. I'm just, you know, jamming to the podcast or whatever, bumping. And my light, it's towing my light ship autonomously. And then I'm just driving everywhere. It's got Starlink on the, on the, on the roof. I'm setting up with my homies. I have like this crazy RV that has solar panels on the top that charges up my cyber truck that I can drive to wherever that's connected with the internet. We're all enjoying nature with zero pollution. We're literally purely off the grid. I'm not polluting anything. Like that is invest in the future you believe in. I love this concept. And so anyway, my point, I got way too carried away there, but I love Lightship. Um, but they just announced, they sort of publicly put out their website. And the reason why I'm doing this, it's like Tesla AI Day, recruiting. If you are a super dope battery engineer, go look at their five jobs on their website and you wanna help build from the ground floor this epic company in San Francisco started by some Tesla schemers. That's just like, to me, the reason why I got involved in this, I'm like, dude, this is gonna be the funnest product to watch develop. Like, like I just can't wait to see, like to the light chip launch, like there's just so much fun stuff and potential that's gonna happen with that. And so um, you should go check that out if you are interested in applying. I think that's gonna be like, I'm almost like, damn, like if I was gonna quit hyper, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I don't work for anybody. If I was gonna work for like any company, Lightship's gotta be at like the top of the list. It's just so early, it's so fun. Um, I love the culture. So they put out a video talking about how they're trying to recruit. Go check that out. Um, and I also just wanna tell you all that as a hyper change company to follow, put them on your radar. It's super early. It's gonna take them years to pull this off. They're just getting started. But um, that's just, that's just a startup that I'm really pumped about. Um, okay, Snapchat, speaking of other companies I'm pumped about, bro, 23% user growth, Snapchat just posted an insane quarter, 982 million in revenue, up 116% year over year. Snapchat, I mean, every single company in the digital advertising space has been booming. Digital advertising, you know, it's, believe it or not, there was still so much money in radio, print, TV, all that. Uh, the COVIDization of the world, pushing forward, thinking technologies forward, has mean that Snapchat, um, yeah, so now Snapchat was a, benef a beneficiary of that, but I think even beyond that, like Snapchat is just crushing it on so many different levels. The financial picture of this company is coming together. I think they're setting up to be an incredibly profitable company. Um, just the way that they're so playful and just joyful and they build like positive interactions on the internet. Like I've been using Snapchat a lot more with my friends. Shout out to the Seattle Bubilchis group, which is just a ridiculous name, but um, Bubilchis worldwide, the Seattle, <laughs> Like just this, I don't even know, like I'm already laughing because it's so fun. Like me and my friends have this group of like just dumb stuff we do when we're traveling. Like, I, like I'm like i traveling, I'm like, you know, like I make a dumb video, but like I'm connecting with my friend. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but I'm like connecting with my friends in such a fun, like just authentic way. And like, it just makes me so happy whenever I get a message from them. And like, that's unlike every other social app. And so I've personally been using Snap more and I'm still a Snap shareholder, shout out. And I'm, first of all, so I love the app. I love what they're doing there. Although I gotta say the Discover page, they're hyping that up, that that's dope. And that's part of their advertising business that's doing so dope, bro way too many ads. It's garbo to watch a show on Snapchat. Like every four seconds, there's an ad. 
way too many ads. So I don't like that. And I don't like the advertising business model in general. Like you have to make money from selling your user's attention to the highest bidder. I don't know. That just feels fucked up to me, right? Like, I don't know. Advertising, I think, is messed up. Like Jack Dorsey said, if crypto was invented before all these social networks, advertising wouldn't be Twitter's business model. And I think that's the future of these social networks is not advertising. I would be, if I'm, see, this is why I'm trying to scheme with Evan Spiegel. I've been trying to get him on the show. I'm like, bro, like, these are good questions that nobody's pushing him on. Evan Spiegel, you want to build amazing things for humanity? Then why are you slanging out your user's attention to the, to the highest bidder? That's like whack. Like, you know, it's like, like what you, what you feed into your brain is like, what your soul becomes right like it's just such a powerful like we don't think about what how we consume dictates who we are how we feel what we do and so these entire business model of we're going to suck you into our app and then sell out your attention at the highest bidder and then we're going to incentivize the ai to just suck more and more of your attention so that we can get you more and more ads so we can make more and more money like that's whack yo so snapchat needs to stop doing that but um everything else about the app i love and the business model is on fire and also spectacles the snap spectacles are just to me, this is what what's in between, um, you know, iPhone and Neuralink, the Snap Spectacles. I think these are incredible, um, and I've been begging them to give me a new pair. I literally am pulling every single string I can, and I can't get one. Make me want them even more. They're so dope. But just this idea that, like, um, as a creator, like, it's such a burden for me to, to film my experience and the world around me and what I'm doing, and for me to be able to just go, like, boop and just share the world around me with all my experiences. Like <clears throat> like we were talking about the Tesla AI and, the, and the, the way your eyes perceive the world, and that's so important and powerful, right? Like to me, like Snapchat is like, like it's it's bringing the digital, like the fact that we hold our computer, you know, our, our AI that is part of us in our hand and in our pocket, it's not really connected to us and it's far away from us. It's just super inefficient. There's so many efficiencies when your computer's here. Imagine if I could just look at a restaurant, bam, the Google review pops up. I can start reading the Google reviews. All of a sudden, I don't need my phone. There's frictionless, it's easier. Um, yeah, there's an advertising opportunity there, Snapchat, don't milk that. <laughs> but like, um, I, you know, you could look at, um, you know, people, This and this is a weird one, people are gonna do this. Like if you're an Instagram influencer and you have your profile public, and you want, and you know, you have the, you have that, I mean, it's weird that's Instagram on Snap, but, and then you like look at someone and then you can see how many followers they have, or you can like instantly subscribe to their YouTube page. Like you see somebody influence, like these people behind me, they're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Bam, they can put on their Snap spectacles and be like, oh, that's hyperchange. Let me just subscribe. Like there's a lot of like, I don't know. I feel like those are weak examples of what the AR future could, could, could lead to, but it's going to be epic and it's going to replace a lot of what we do on the smartphone. the corporate ethos of Snap to develop spectacles too and just come up with this product that like makes them no money that is Evan Spiegel's pet project that he's just scheming on because it's a decade ahead of his time and it's what Steve Jobs would be working on if he was still alive like bro this guy that the culture I love that culture and I was beefing with Snapchat before about having like all voting shares to Evan Spiegel like if you own Snapchat stock you have no voting rights just kind of unique situation I'm kind of I would say whack corporate governance. Another reason why we should have DAOs and Snapchat should be structured as a decentralized autonomous organization on the ETH blockchain that you buy through the Rainbow app, right? Um, but that's not the way it is. It's OG corporate governance. They had all the clout when they decided to go in with the bankers and they finessed this deal where they had all the voting shares and nobody has any rights. But that's actually good because now you have a schema like Evan Spiegel who nobody can tell to shut up and he's gonna develop Snap Spectacles the way he wants and push the, his pet project through um, because he thinks it has potential. And that is the way amazing products get built with long-term horizons, with visionaries pioneering them, um, not sort of selling out with short-term incentives. And so I love that what that says about Snap's culture, that Evan Spiegel's able to develop Spectacles. And as someone who has Spectacles 3, who desperately wants Spectacles 4, 
I mean, no, what, Instagram, Facebook, they're not trying to do dope hardware products in the same way that are fun, that are awesome. Like, I don't know, I think there's, Snap Spectacles is so underrated and so cool and like, I'm, please, please let me get Snap Spectacles. Okay, why should I get Snap Spectacles? This is my, I'm about to send this to Snap Spectacles team. Like, okay, when I had version three, like, they, they don't want to send me a pair because I'm not making like these AR filters. Like, I don't know how to make an AR filter. I don't have time for that. I want to use it as a camera. Snap's a camera company. I want to use this and use other people's AR filters to film my experiences. Like when I was at the Cybertruck event, I wore my Snap Spectacles and I filmed it and I made a video and it was so cool. Like, I think it was like the coolest video from the Cybertruck unveiling. Like the Cybertruck unveiling is like the cool, like that was like such a cool moment in history. And I filmed it from the first person perspective of one of the first drives ever in the Cybertruck. Like you can capture the excitement, the vibe, the way I was looking, just everything I'm seeing, just the, even though it's grainy because the quality's not dope, which is why I need the version four to get better quality. But like that, 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 the way that, that content, like as a creator, like it just like my favorite camera is my snap spectacles. And I'm actually beefing with myself that I didn't bring them on this trip. And I haven't been using them enough. I'm going to start using my V3 spectacles, making more content to just help my case to get the V4 spectacles. But, um, I don't know. There's something to me as a creator is so powerful about the spectacles. And there's so like, I'm about to do my electric boat startup. I'm about to do my light ship. Uh, you know, there's the, the Arkimoto. I made an Arkimoto video where I, I ride around my Arkimoto and snack spectacles. Like, as I document the electrification of everything that moves humans around, if I was on FSD and I had spectacles, that would be the best FSD content in the world. Dude, like, that would be the dopest FSD video ever if you could see what, what how I'm seeing when I'm driving. Like, oh, I'm just thinking of this now. Why am I not filming? Why did I not make that video? I have, like, that's the first thing I'm doing when I get home is charging my spectacles and making a video on FSD on spectacles. I can't believe I didn't do that. I'm sorry, Snap Team. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like my mind is just bubbling with all these crazy, like just so exciting new content ideas. And also the reason why I don't use the V3 is exports in like this Bammer 720p. Um, it's just a little too grainy. It's just, it was just so close to being this incredible product. And that's why I think the V4 could be that incredible product, but I don't have them, so I can't try them yet. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think the Snap Spectacle is like, I am so, I would pay literally $1,000 to get my hands on the V4 Spectacles, even though that seems ridiculous. Assuming the quality is like 1080p. But yeah, um, so there it is. But they won't even let me pay for them. So that makes me want them even more. Playing hard to get. Okay. Okay. That wraps up this week's scheme. Yo, so much fun. Honestly, thank you all so much for tuning in and subscribing. Um, and also shout out to the Patreons who are fun in the channel. Um, I, I have the bi-weekly newsletter every two weeks. It used to be weekly, but now I make this weekly. So I'm trying to make better video content for y'all, but I sent out the weekly hyperchange newsletter, which like I write myself, like it takes me hours. And now I actually like, it, it comes out every two weeks instead of every one week, but it's like deeper. And this last one that I just sent out was really cool. It has all my ideas and that's something you can get if you want to support the channel on Patreon. Huge shout out to the people who do that on Patreon. Like that means a lot. And um, yeah. And also if you're on Patreon, please keep submitting questions for me. Like um, I, I'm going to try and answer questions from Patreons or like, you know, topics or, or schemes that you have. Like I'll bring them up on the show. It's like a, a way to participate in the show. So that's been really fun. And shout out to all the Patreons who've been doing that. Actually, I don't have internet now. Otherwise, I'd be answering more Patreon questions. But next week, next week, all my Patreons, send me a bunch of questions, send me topics, um, either email me or post it on Patreon um, or Twitter DM me and be like, yo, I'm Patreon, Gally, cover this. And we'll, we'll talk about it and I'll put it on the podcast and I'll give you a shout out and that'll be dope. So um, yeah, I can't wait. Anyway, have an amazing night. Uh, okay. Abbiamo finito. Ciao a tutti. Spero che il tuo giorno sarà bellissima. Domenica proprio stupendo. Okay, ragazzi. Ciao. Un bacio.